0: Hello, and welcome to the show, Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell.
1: I'm your host, Bradley Brower. I'm your other host, Charles Rogers. Did you do something, something dark side at me in <laughs> <laughs> the intro. What? I guess something, something
0: on, dark side, you know.
1: I guess it's on theme for today's book. You know what? Uh,
0: yeah, I figured we'd... we'd Stick to a semi theme.
1: Yeah, the theme is audio dramas about messy people. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have any uh, any Star Wars news that's come out recently. I think that we can discuss. Yeah, we obviously. I don't think we- so. We can't do promotional stuff, so we're not going to talk about any of the stuff that came out this week. So if you're wondering why we didn't talk about the Variety article about whatever, insert Star Wars thing here, uh, that's that's why. I could talk about the High Republic. Do you want me to talk about the High Republic, Bradley?
0: Um, wait, I can already tell you what it is. Uh, new book cover shown for new book announced for thing that's <laughs> happening in Phase four, a uh, phase five of the High Republic kids novel, young adult, not young adult novel, here's an adult novel, uh, comic book, comic book, uh, here's a drawing <laughs> of the villain. There you go.
1: There's not, there's not going to be a phase four and five, Bradley. This isn't oh. certain film franchises that go on after they've had a logical and reasonable conclusion and then stumble on afterwards for multiple phases trying to recreate the magic in a vain attempt to capture some something that was truly once in a lifetime, culturally, entertainment-wise. Uh, anyway, Star Wars. Oh my god. (laughs) Uh, Before we dive into the topic of our conversation, uh, I do have a segment that we haven't busted out in a while, and that is The Thing Charles Fucked Up. Oh god. Yeah, we haven't had a Thing Charles Fucked Up. So I, I QA our episodes. Uh, and I was listening to the episode we did on Dr. Afra. Now, we haven't done our Rise of the Red Blade episode yet. We will. Bradley, I think it's safe to say you and I would like to talk about this book.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised I finished it as fast as I did, because I was like, it was so good that I was like, I had to finish it really quickly.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised you finished it, because I finished it, it took me like three days, and then there was a weekend in the middle there. So five-ish days to finish Rise of the Red Blade. It only took you like seven, seven or eight. Yeah, well, because before when I
0: when I started it I was like oh I need to do like maybe like one or two chapters a day to kind of spread this out a little bit but then I was like it started getting really good and I was like oh okay just one more I was like okay just one more chapter okay just one more chapter because I've started doing it where like I have to if I'm gonna listen to the book I have to finish a whole chapter and then stop like I'm not gonna like stop halfway through the chapter because that fucked me up like on a, a couple past books. So yeah, I've been basically forcing myself to finish chapters, and that's why I've finished so fast.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, uh, I did mention in the last episode of Dr. Aphra that both of us were reading Rise of the Red Blade, uh, and I made the offhand comment that Iskatakaris has only appeared in one issue of Darth Vader 2017. This is incorrect. I will not get into it, but the book reminded me that she's actually been in two. She nice. was in issue nineteen and twenty. Nice. Uh, Maya culpa. That was my mistake. I should have remembered exactly how many issues this random side character appeared right. in you in idiot. the Darth Vader run it. that I've read once.
0: You're not a real fan.
1: I'm not. I'm not going to be <laughs> succeeding at the Dragon Con trivia right. anytime soon. All this, all this information just leaks out of the side of my ears. It that actually, that actually would
0: be other. a really good trivia question. Actually, now that I think, yeah. about it. How, like, many how many are issues was she in? Yeah, that's actually uh, kind of funny.
1: Clearly, I would not know the answer. No. Yeah, she was in two issues. She was in issue 19, and she was in issue 20. What and is she's it? in Rise of the Red Blade, which oh, we'll get to. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll get to. Well, let's dive into what we're actually talking about today. We teased it last time and then sort of decided to get it out of the way because I know we both really wanted to talk about it. Dooku Jedi Lost. Would you like some additional information, Bradley, on Dooku Jedi Lost? Give it to me. Dooku Jedi Lost. So it's a canon audio drama. It's the same as Dr. Aphra. It actually predates Aphra. Uh, I'm pretty sure... Actually, let me double check that. Yes, it predates Dr. Afra. It uh, was published on April 30th, 2019. Script version released on October 1st, 2019. It is written by a gentleman named Kevin Scott. Bradley, have you ever heard of Kevin Scott before?
0: The name sounds familiar, but refresh my memory.
1: I fucking love this man. He is one of the only straight men I trust to write things. <laughs> he's so fucking good. Uh, he His bread and butter is basically writing like IP stuff. That's a lot of what he's written. He's written... I tried to count up all of his Star Wars issues of like uh, Star Wars Adventures and the High Republic that he'd written. I topped out at like 45. I stopped oh, wow. counting. Yeah. Things he's written for Star Wars. Uh, He's written for DC. He's written for Doctor Who. He's written for all sorts of... Like, I'm going down his list on his his, uh, Wikipedia page of just, like, things he has written. Uh, like he's written Sherlock Holmes stories, he's written Warhammer 40K. It's he's written so much stuff. Like this man has written an insane amount of stuff and it's all good. Like all of it that I've read is is really really good. He really specializes in writing radio plays. He's one of the few people out there really consistently writing radio plays, which I think is kind of a lost medium that's kind of coming back with podcasts that I really really like. Yeah. The idea of doing like a serialized audio like drama format thing but he writes a lot of the radio plays which of course transfers into the audio drama that he wrote here Dooku Jedi Lost. Uh, I have been in the same room as Kevin Scott but I have not had the chance to meet him hmm. unfortunately. I would badly like to at some point. I'm not going to go over all of the cast members of this this is again like uh, Dr. Afra. this has an actual full cast. Uh, I do want to talk about two of them. Uh, neither of them are Mark Thompson although Mark Thompson is in this <laughs>
0: surprise, surprise again surprise
1: surprise hello mark thompson here is just, again Is this just a
0: mark thompson fan podcast now like, this is a mark
1: uh... thompson fan podcast now <laughs> i've decided look if you saw him do some of this like voice work in person you would convert this to a mark thompson fan podcast like this man at swca this man spent all three four days uh cosplaying as a Jedi he had a different like Jedi cosplay all of the days but he went to all of his panels and did all of his stuff in full (laughs) costume with a whole ass lightsaber Love that. and I'm like and not just one of the days like multiple days he did this and I'm like you sir are are my idol uh you are a legend uh but the two that I want to talk about are two main ones Yuan Morton is the voice of Count Dooku in this Yuan Morton doesn't seem to have a whole lot of credits there's certainly none outside of Star Wars that I really recognized I he seems to primarily read the audiobooks although he was in Dr. Aphra as the voice of the Emperor mm. I know him best as the voice of the Sith Inquisitor male uh, in Star Wars the Elder Republic so he's the voice of Inquisitor Kellogg if uh, you're playing as a male that's where I know okay. him from Asajj Ventress who yeah Asajj Ventress is in this yeah. which is why I it insisted Bradley read it. <laughs> I How long did I try to pressure you to listen to this audio drama? It was a this one, while.
0: This one was a while. Yeah,
1: it was a while. I was like, Bradley, you have to listen to this. You have to listen to this. And, and now I think Bradley understands why yeah. I wanted him to listen to this. Side of Adventures is being voiced by Orla Cassidy. Apologies if I butchered that name. Orla Cassidy has 58 acting credits on IMDb, mostly just smaller roles, Um, been in Law & Order SVU, been in Billions, Gotham, and then also High Republic girlies like myself, and eventually Bradley, I'm working on it, we'll get there. Uh, We'll recognize her as the voice of Ola Hest from the High Republic Tempest Runner. I'm not going to describe Ola Hess' character, but if you know, you know. And that is all the additional information that I have on Dooku Jedi Lost, an oh. audio drama that I listened to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll kick off. Uh, Bradley, what what did you think of Dooku Jedi Lost overall?
0: Um, so coming off of Tales of the Jedi, uh, because... I watched that and then I, well, I read this first, obviously. And then Tales of Jedi came out and I was like, "Hmm, Jedi Dooku Lost did what that did not. And I really wanted this story because this book does such a good job of fleshing out Dooku and a great, like gives way more backstory to like just so much. And it was so great. Cause he, he's not, it's not that he doesn't have a lot in the movies or the books or anything like that or the shows or anything. It's just, I don't know i feel like the book just gives you like actual sometimes when you give childhood trauma to somebody it makes their <laughs> character. <laughs> it gives them more character which is great and that's what this did um funny enough this book kind of all like it doesn't follow the same format but it has the similar um i'm gonna keep bringing up red blade because it has a similar vibe to red blade in that we get to see him when he's young and then we get to see him kind of older and and just tell a better story. I don't know. I, I, I like his flashbacks. I like knowing more about him. And just there's just some really cool stuff about Sereno that we didn't really get, you know, in other media. And so like, yeah, they is just kind know.
1: of there in yeah. Clone Wars and Bad Batch. Like, Bad Batch fleshed it out a little bit. Clone right. Wars, like, it's just kind of there. It's where Dooku's giant dildo castle right. is located. And, and we don't get too much about it. This, we get a lot more about Sereno and, like, how that shaped dooku even though he was away from it and his relationship with this planet kind of shaped him yeah kevin scott did actually like a twitter thread at one point because some people were complaining like oh tales of the jedi doesn't you know completely match up with dooku jedi lost and kevin did like a twitter thread that was basically like ah here's probably where they go in the story but ultimately like it doesn't matter
0: yeah and i think i don't think I mean, I'm not trying to say like, oh, it has to match up perfectly, but like, if you close one eye and watch both of the, or read the book and then watch the show, I mean, like,
1: eh, you're yeah. You're not going mean, to notice.
0: I, yeah. You're never going to know like where this took place or where that, like, you could squeeze it in somewhere. Like, it wouldn't be that weird to say that it also happened. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, that's why you got to look at Tales with a, eh, it could have happened kind of thing
1: versus it did. You know, <laughs> I, I can make it work in yeah, my head. Yeah, you can make it work. Like right. I can make it work pretty easily. And the thing about Dooku Jedi Lost too, it is so. If you're like me, there's a reason it gets referenced so much. If you're like me and you're obsessed with all of the Star Wars things, Dooku Jedi Lost is a fucking treasure trove for you. So there's so many references to other things. Like, there's references to Master and Apprentice, there's all, there's references to the High Republic that predate the High Republic. And it's really interesting too, because uh, Kevin Scott has said that basically what happened was they they had five basic ideas for what they could do for the Project Luminous Publishing Initiative. Uh, and he included references to all five ideas in Dooku Jedi Lost. Uh, we only know the High Republic ones. Uh, Clias Terradine is mentioned. You have no idea who that is, but our High Republic listeners will. As well as Keeve Trennis is also mentioned. You also will not know who Keeve Trennis is, but again, High Republic readers will know who Keeve Trennis is. Uh, those characters are mentioned in this, and that actually predates. This was some of our first, like, information on the high republic and what we could expect to actually happen in it i really i really liked this book i really liked this book a lot and i had kind of a journey with it too kind of an interesting journey which i will now relate because bradley can't stop me so the first time i listened to the book you know how his thing is it's, it's told basically like as asajj like listening to these holograms or reading these letters and stuff and putting it to, trying to put it together Right. Okay, so that really annoyed me the first time I listened to it. Interesting. I was like, oh, this is really because I had just come off of Tempest Runner. And Tempest Runner is more like an audio play. There's not a lot of describing the events happening. This has a lot of narration. And I was like, oh, that feels lazier to me that they're they're just describing to me. I feel like the book is being read to me by someone. Uh, And then I attended the audiobook panel. At Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. And Kevin Scott said, Well, I wrote the book that way uh, because Sir Christopher Lee, who portrayed Dooku, is most famous for portraying Count Dracula. And it's a giant Dracula reference. And I'm like, God fucking damn it. How did I miss that? That is my favorite book of all time. How did I miss that this was a giant Dracula reference? Uh, so now I love it. Uh, everything about it, it's perfect and I changed nothing
0: so is Dracula also framed in a very like somebody reading letters or some kind of yes like retelling oh, okay
1: yeah so Dracula the entire premise of Dracula is, is like you're reading documents that have been compiled by a character Got I it. will not okay. spoil the events of this 150 uh, year old book <laughs> well, <laughs> 120 30 year old book gotcha uh, but it's written very much as like it's diary entries and letters right. back and forth and newspaper clippings and things like that it's called like an epistolary novel i think is the term for it but it's something you read where you're like reading the documents after the fact and so this is a reference to that dracula was one of the ones that really like made that a big thing is how that book is actually written uh so i i love that of course because i'm a huge dracula nerd but i also just like the book in general i agree with your assessment that the character like we talked about this with dr Afra, the character work in these audio dramas is where it really shines where you're diving in and saying here's why this character is the way he or she is right and i really love that they slow down to do that because yeah i i agree with you tails was like a nice primer like it's like a th- like a nice thirty minute primer of like here's basically how Dooku fell to the dark side. This goes into a lot of detail about it, and it makes a lot of sense. Well, and it also
0: gives just this. more. Yeah, it gives more. Like you you just have more empathy for him, or you just give like gives a better reasoning for him falling to the dark side versus like oh his friend died once in I think in Tales of Jedi. That's basically all it is. It's like oh I feel bad about the Jedi being annoying like this is like no 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 like we have to see his daddy issues we got to see he's got because <laughs> of course he has family daddy issues. issues he's got you know he's got all kinds of issues with family and so like that's so great and especially from like basically you know a little rich white kid like it's a great like oh he's not perfect you know it's it's, it's just so fantastic that he goes from this essentially this affluent family to being a poor monk and then <laughs> being like oh shit By the way, uh, we didn't tell you about your rich-ass family um, (laughs) on purpose. And yeah, sorry about that. But that's probably why you're going to end up being a villain, is because we didn't tell you you were rich as fuck.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also, like, he never let go of that family is, is also part of what the book explores. And, like, it explores how his, like, relationship with his sister could have been something that you know, kept him from falling to the dark side the way that it does. And it it didn't. But also, like, he has this really complicated relationship with them. Like, the healthiest thing for Dooku probably would have been to be like, well, that was my real family. It kind of sucks. I'm going to go do my Jedi thing now. And he doesn't. Like, he's still exchanging these letters back and forth with his sister. Which, yeah, it's really interesting. Like, he never wants to let go of that privilege in a way. And, like, he does ultimately end up, like, spoilers for the book, but also, like, it's literally in the, his name. He does end up becoming the Count and, like, ruling over this planet. And, like, it doesn't go well. Yeah. Like, he's miserable doing it. And so that makes him, like, really susceptible to Darth Sidious. Yeah, it's it's so interesting just delving into why he is the way he is. Because, like, looking at his relationship, too, with sifo and the way that you know, the the relationship between Sifo-Dyas and his master and then the Jedi Council, looking at that and going, yeah, it does make sense why Dooku would come to eventually strongly distrust the Jedi Council and become this political idealist and then later Sith Lord. That all makes complete sense now.
0: I mean, it seems to all, like, happen constantly in this uh, this Jedi Order. This all, these, all these kids keep uh, being disillusioned with the Jedi because they're keeping them from personal relationships, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're evil now. It's like, goddammit.
1: Yeah. Let's see, we have uh, Dooku. We have Anakin Skywalker. We have Iskatakaris. Those are the three big ones I can think of off the top of my head.
0: They all mirror each other very well, I will yeah. say. Yeah. Like, I feel like they that's what's so interesting about reading Red Blade and then reading, you know, and then going back to this is like this the relationship of like Anakin was in love with Padme, but it was like, oh, we got to keep it a secret. And then it was like, Dooku has a sister that he wants to keep in contact with. Oh, but we got to keep it a secret. And Iskat, I'm not gonna go too much into her story, because we'll talk about it later. But again, got to keep it a secret. And so it's like, no, like, stop doing that. (laughs) Stop trying to keep secrets and stop trying to keep people from having basic human relations. Or well, I shouldn't say human because they're not all human. But Basic. Yeah,
1: don't, don't be speciesist, friendly.
0: <laughs> We're always speciesist on this
1: show. We're always so speciesist on this show. Which, I always forget oh, we gotta, that the... we got to work on we got to work on our pro-human bias. Like we have to, We're we just... have to check our human privilege.
0: <laughs> At the door. I right think now. it's
1: an interesting contrast. Oh, I think it's an interesting contrast to uh to somebody like Obi Wan Kenobi who mm. has this relationship with Satine Kreese, whatever the nature of that relationship actually was. And then ultimately both of them, because they're mature adults, decided to, like, we're not going to let this get in the way with the the responsibilities that we have to each other. Right. So it's really interesting to contrast that. And also, like, reading Dooku Jedi Lost adds a, a lot of depth, too, to the relationship between Dooku and Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. you know, such as it is in Clone Wars, when they have their interactions and then in their conversation in uh, Attack of the Clones. Which, for all my feelings about Attack of the Clones, that is a great scene. When Dooku comes in to visit him and he's like, Hey, so the Senate's under the control of a Sith Lord, Uh, you should join me. And we can right. work him out.
0: He literally gives him the opportunity and he's just like, Yo, here's what's really going on. Like, we can stop all this right now. And he's like, Nah, democracy is better. Uh, I'm just gonna go with this instead because religion and stuff
1: (laughs) right and it's it's it adds that level of depth to you see you know Dooku's relationship with Yoda Dooku's relationship with Sifo-Dyas a little bit of his relationship with Qui-Gon and then Rail Avaros is I think mentioned I can't Mm -hmm. I don't think Rail Avaros actually does Rail Avaros actually show up in this book I do not remember Rail Avaros does not physically appear in this book uh you have not read Master and Apprentice yet have you Bradley I have not Okay, we'll get to master and apprentice at some point. You'll you'll know why I'm hyperfixating on Rail Avaros. But speaking of hyperfixations, I do feel like we have overlooked the other main character in this, uh, Bradley. I have to ask you specifically, what did you think of uh, the Asajj Ventress plot line? With her hearing like her dead master, which, spoilers for the High Republic, this will not be the last time that a Kevin Scott joint has people seeing dead people. (laughs) Kevin Scott loves this.
0: No, I I love, well, first of all, I love the framing device because... Of course, I love Asajj Ventress, but this gave Phasma vibe, you know, it's it's a very similar kind of where you have the one character is discovering the the truth, essentially, from another quote unquote character in Asaj's case, she's discovering it from the letters of the sister and stuff. But I don't know, I, I just I love Asajj Ventress. I love the talking to your dead master thing is great. Uh, that uh, That's always a good, good psychological thing. Uh, twist on someone nice storytelling device especially on someone as complicated as a Ventress because you know she is technically evil at some points but then for the most part she's really not she's just angry she's just like this person who has just been fucked over so many times so it's just like really nice that she has these complicated relationships with all of her different masters and then inevitably we know that she goes on her own and then she falls in love and all that good stuff From another book that we already we
1: remember we did we we already already did Dark disciple i've done dark disciple twice actually uh i did it on our show and i also did it on first steps of star wars podcast
0: but um this is such a good prequel to that if anything because if you read them in sequential order i guess because i guess that would come after but if you were to read them back to back if you were to read dooku lost and then you were to read dark disciple i think that would be a nice little you know cherry-picked companion novel only because Like I said, Asaja's is so complicated and she's so, she's just so good. Like, I don't know what it is about her. She's probably the best. I think one of the best characters ever written in Star Wars, uh, just because she is so complicated and messy and all kinds of stuff. So I liked that she shows up here because she does have such a deep connection to Dooku, as we know from Clone Wars. And... It's just nice to see her again. I mean, really, any excuse to have her. Always show
1: nice up. to see her again. Yeah. We will we will also do uh depending on how long this drags on, I'm sure we will do Brotherhood. She's also in Brotherhood.
0: Goodness gracious. Good she's for been her.
1: Ha- she's been having a little bit of a renaissance lately.
0: And I, which, love I love that. I love that these I love that the authors uh, that are like, oh well, clearly Lucasfilm is not going to do anything with her, so like let's do something with her. You know, like I love
1: that. Uh, Mike Mike Chen and Kevin Scott, uh, you two are are the heroes for for bringing her back. For more stuff. And of course, you know, Christy Golden for writing Dark Disciple, originally like the definitive Asajj Ventress novel. Yeah, we didn't get a lot of Kyneric in Clone Wars. Like he basically shows up and then dies. And like that's his whole role in the story is to train her and then she dies. Here we get a lot more about him. and Or at least, you know, he's more of a presence. He's more of a, a personality in her life. He's more of somebody trying to like bring her back from the dark from beyond the grave when really like she's too far gone at this point she was never gonna she's not ready to sort of break away from dooku in the way that she will eventually be ready to do so in clone wars and then the events of dark disciple will happen and then bradley pretends the last couple of chapters of that book didn't didn't canonically exist
0: (laughs) no i mean i yes i mean obviously they happen but I, I have refixed my headcanon of that. She, you know, spoiler, dies at the end of that book. And then uh, in Rebels, she's the voice of the uh, Sith holocron uh, from Beyond the Grave. So that's my headcanon. That, that's actually Sarge Ventress. Um, you,
1: you think that's actually Sarge Ventress voice? I mean, it's the same holocron. voice
0: actress, so why not?
1: I mean, maybe uh, she wouldn't have been able to make a Holocaust. Hmm. I must think about this. I must think about this and get back with you. as to, <laughs> Can I make these theories work? No, That's I think, my
0: headcanon, you know?
1: Well, I think, too, she's important, like like that. She's the one putting it together because it's also kind of a Dracula reference, sort of in a way, uh, because I said I wouldn't spoil the events of the 130 year old book earlier. I'm going to walk that back and I'm, okay. I'm going to now spoil the ending of Dracula a book that has been in publication since 8 1995, I think was when this book came out I was gonna say if you're, uh,
0: if you're upset that he's about to spoil this uh, <laughs> if you're
1: upset that I'm about stop to spoil the podcast Dracula, right now go read Dracula. <laughs> yeah go read Dracula because clearly you're invested enough you need to uh you'll love it and then come back uh but Mina Mina Harker is the one putting it all together uh she's the one that compiles it all together at the gotcha. end and so I think it's it's neat that Assange who has this very different relationship with Dooku than certainly Mina does with the Count is also the one kind of putting all of this together and then ultimately she joins him at the end of Dooku Jedi Lost as opposed to at the end of Dracula where she's like no fuck this guy uh, it, go murder him now and then everybody goes and, and murders him super hard uh, and that's why uh, all versions of Dracula where she's his reincarnated love interest are bullshit ass garbage and Bram Stoker's Dracula in particular, uh, the Francis Ford Coppola movie. You are my enemy. Meet me in the Denny's parking lot. I just want to talk. <laughs> oh anyway, I'm not. I'm not going to go on that. One day for April Fools, we'll do like the Dracula episode. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Where I'll just talk about Dracula for an hour. That's uh I mean. yeah, no, it's. I'm looking just to see if there's any other characters we haven't really touched on. I mean, we touched on Cyphodes a little bit. Cyphodes is such a fucking tragic character in this. You know what? it is weird cuz I think before I read this,
0: if you only have seen movies, you know that it's just a code name or whatever. It's not or, well, it appears to be a code name not an actual So kind person.
1: of the whole reason the character exists is because of a typo in the Attack of the Clone Script. Uh gotcha. George Lucas meant to write Cythodes uh, as insidious. Uh, okay. uh, but he fucked it up and wrote Siphodeus instead. And so it it became like, oh, there was a uh, like other Jedi, and this plot right. became much more convoluted. And so, apparently, according to our friends over at the Divas, apparently the third movie they were talking about, like, originally they were going to delve more into this plot line. Right. And then they didn't at all. I mean, the movie's they long left enough. <laughs> <laughs> they left Clone Wars to pick up the the pieces. Right. Yeah, the movie needs to be about 15 minutes longer. They needed to put all the Padme scenes back in so she could have an actual subplot. But yeah, the movie's already really long.
0: It is, but who cares at this point? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah.
1: <laughs> like um, just
0: special edition one.
1: Yeah, but sifo Dias. We've only ever thought about sifo kind of in the past tense.
0: Right. Not like as we've a only living
1: ever, person. Huh? Not as a living person, really, yeah. ever. We meet him in at Attack of the Clones. Well, we hear of him in Attack of the Clones. He's already dead. And then a lot of the Clone Wars episodes are him like... Uh, them following along the trail, trying to figure out what happened to him. This is where we get our real look at who Siphodius was as a person, and it sucked to be him. It and it's really tragic too, because to be him,
0: it's like they're—I mean, essentially, they're best friends. I mean, in a sense, are brothers of anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just sad when you have a character like that who, like I said before, I think before my headcanon was always that, oh, it's not a real person. It's just a fake thing that they came up with, that whatever. And then I think, yeah, you're right. In the movies, Yoda says something along the lines of like, oh, that's weird that Sifo-Dyas would do that because he was a good little kid or whatever. And it's like, wait a minute.
1: Yeah, we, we find out too. And part of the tragedy is it that, you know, the Jedi at this point have become so wrapped up in their own dogma. And I, I don't think I would ascribe the word cult to the Jedi. Jedi. I don't. I don't think that they go that far. I think that you know, certainly looking at other groups like the Path of the Open Hand, that's a cult. That's what a cult is. The Jedi is just a really dogmatic religion. They're like space, the Catholic church that's so wrapped up in its own dogma that it forgets about, or at least medieval Catholic church, I would say. So wrapped up in its own business that it, it doesn't really care about anybody specifically as an individual. And the sort of the tragedy of sifo is that if the Jedi weren't so quick to, Push things that were outside of their point of view or outside of the way they thought things should work off to the side, he could have been supported. He could have gotten the help he needed, uh, but he couldn't. So he ended up having this incredibly suffering life full of tragedy because not because the Jedi like actively refused to help him, but because nobody that knew about his premonitions even trusted the Jedi enough. It's very sad. This is a sad book. Well, Bradley, do you have any any final thoughts on Dooku Jedi Lost as we coming up on trying to make sure these episodes are a little bit shorter?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm just looking at the summary just to see if they missed anything that was interesting. Uh, other than the fact that there's a, a giant, you know, beast thing that you can Yeah, general. there's a giant dragon.
1: We don't really need to get into that. Um, we just need to dragon. know there is a giant dragon. Once again, this is not the last time we will see a giant dragon in a Kevin Scott Star Wars joint. This does happen. This this man seems to have things he likes to bring up
0: i love that i love giant dragons uh in star wars more please uh other I than do that love uh, yeah, anytime star
1: wars is dragons yeah i do I like that.
0: that um no but uh, overall uh, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great little novel. Like I said, if you want to pair it with Dark Disciple, it would be a fun, you know, a little adventure to read them back to back. And yeah, I, you know, more, more, more Asajj Ventress, and more, honestly, more Dooku stuff. Like I think we deserve a Dooku plot of some kind in live action at this point. I know that. You know circus Christopher lee is gone but like a younger version of him would be really great and then also the guy who did the voice and i think clone wars would do a great you know kind corey of burton corey burton would do a great corey burton.
1: uh you may know corey burton is the voice of fucking everything forever all of the time he is the ghost host also in haunted mansion the ride gotcha uh yeah. which is my favorite corey burton performance actually is as, as the ghost host in the Haunted Mansion. But
0: I think he would do a really good job of like narrating uh, a Dooku show of a young Dooku. I think that would be an interesting kind of, oh, when I was young, this is what happened. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. (laughs) I think it'd be an
1: interesting look too, coming off of the upcoming Disney shows. I think it would be an interesting look at the Jedi during this time period Hmm. to do some of these adventures that Dooku went on. I would need to check. I haven't really been keeping up on the last two months or so of comics. I know they've been releasing the Yoda comics. Uh, I'm not sure if any of them cover his time with Dooku. I know Dooku was in some of them, uh, but that was more of a framing device. And of course, Kevin Scott is writing those because there's like, 10 Star Wars authors that write everything, and Kevin Scott is one of the bigger writing Star Wars things. It's him and Charles Soule. Kevin Scott and Charles Soule, there's like a 50-50 chance one of those two guys wrote the Star Wars print media thing that you're reading. Yeah, I thought the book was good. I loved it a lot. I love my villains. I love my Dracula references. I love my... My one thing was the guy, uh, Ewan Morton, who's, who's voicing Dooku. He does a really good performance. Does not sound a thing like Christopher Lee. (laughs) at all and that did take me out for a little bit i just kind of had to get used to it but it was that thing we were talking about last episode of sometimes it's just like i know what this character is supposed to sound like because their voice is so iconic and this is different than that and it bothers me but he's still doing a good job and he plays the role with a lot of pathos and I I enjoyed it a great deal. So I do highly recommend this book. If you're a lore nerd like me, this book will make you very happy. If you're a High Republic fan, this book will make you very happy. And, uh, Kevin Scott, uh, thank you for personally attacking me every time you write a thing. I haven't forgiven you for the rising storm, and I'm not going to forgive you for Path of Vengeance anytime soon. <laughs> and on that note, uh, next time we will be discussing another book. Now, we haven't talked about this in advance, but, uh, Bradley, I do think it's safe to say next time we will be discussing Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's time. I think we mentioned I, I think we out.
1: probably need to do that quickly. <laughs> we gotta get it out of
0: our system, because otherwise... We gotta them. get it out of
1: our system. Uh I know Dooku Rise of the Red Blade is coming up. Black Spire is coming up and we'll Dooku see Rise of the Red Blade. Dooku Rise of the Red Blade. Fuck me. Words, <laughs> I can say them. I'm so good. I have been doing this podcast for over two years. That would have so been a great title years. for a Dooku book though. Like that would have Dooku been great. Rise of the Red Blade. That would have been great. Oh god. Oh my god. Uh yeah, we'll we'll do Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade. We'll do Black Spire and We'll see what else we have. Yeah. We'll discuss the matter. Follow us on the socials that you're about to hear. Bye. Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Gaze. Did Charles fuck something up? Send
0: us a message at goldsquadrongaze at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Gold Squad Gaze. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube or at Gold Squadron Gaze, where we post the podcast as well as exclusive content. Please join us next week and every week for more of Gold
1: Squadron Gaze. Jedi lost. Why did Lush. I say Jedi lost? I don't Jedi know. Jedi lost. I sound like I'm sloshed. That was a terrible joke. I'm going to move on. <laughs>